This is Sports 845. It is the 20th of April. To my left, uh, who missed last week, missed my rant on the uh, Masters, the uh, legendary basketball coach Dick O'Neill. Across from Dick is our crack producer, Thomas Giordano. And uh, sitting across from me is a guy I didn't know at all until basically the last week, Damian Straharski, the Port Jervis head football coach. We're going to hear from Damian about, you know, Port Jervis is a great team this year. We're going to hear from the coach about what made them great, um, how they continue to get better, and their upcoming game against Marlboro. Dick, um, you weren't here last week. We talked a little bit about the Masters. I thought, it, you know, pulling the Major League All-Star game out of Atlanta and then allowing the Masters to play their event there when in 1975 was the first African-American to be allowed to play there. In 2012, the first woman was allowed to join. And I just find we pick and choose who we protest against. And I can watch the Masters every day of the week. I love the event, but something has to be said and done. They have to change some things. It is 2021. Yeah, but you, that thing is so set in its ways, and there's really no uh, – the baseball commissioner is one thing, but the golf commissioner is like in name only. He has very little – I'm talking about the press. I'm talking about CBS – who oh, no, condemns no, the All-Star okay, game and then fawns oh, over I, the I, Masters I, I, in Butler's I, I, I definitely agree yeah. with that. Okay, yes. Uh, yeah. Back then it was a, yeah. up to the golfing I, association president. Yeah. It, he was just late to the party. Yeah, and he just has no uh, no. No, no strength in, in that. No. Oh, absolutely, CBS should have a lot to say. But they even tell CBS, you know, for, for instance, they were only they told CBS you're not allowed to do two commercials an hour. Oh, yeah. They dictate yeah. everything. It's yeah. the Masters. You know, who, what, where, and when, and how. You know, that's how that's done. So uh, CBS kind of dances to them, and they know. CBS also knows that may be their biggest event of the year. It's in a, terms a dick. I could watch it all day long. Uh, no, me, go, yeah. me also. Me also. Yeah. So, we're gonna talk, but I definitely agree with what you're saying. We're going to talk this week about the Mets, Jacob DeGrom. We'll mm -hmm. talk about the Yankees. we got to talk about the Knicks. They're fun to watch, finally. Mm -hmm. Um. And, you know, the NFL draft is coming up next week. We'll talk about that. And But first, I want to start with Section 9. And I want to go over the games that are coming up this week. We have in Class C, Chester is playing O'Neill. There's no state tournament this year because of COVID. Uh, I thought the Section 9 head coaches, the players, the trainers, the staffs, all did a great job this year in at least getting the kids out there to play. Right. Um, but they did that. So Chester plays O'Neill in the Class C title game. The winner will be crowned Class C Section 9 champions. Cornwall goes to Goshen to play Minisink. Uh, field issues, I believe. But the Cornwall-Minisink game, Class A championship game. Middletown is going to travel to Monroe in the much-talked-about, debated double-A game. Um, and uh, Port Jervis. Uh, will you guys are playing at home Saturday at one o'clock against Marlboro for the Class B championship? Damien, uh, thank you for joining us. Thanks for coming in, and you know, tell us a little bit about who you are. When, when did you start coaching? Uh, did you go to school around here? And what brought you to Port Jervis? Yeah, um, you know, number one, thanks for having me. It's a pleasure. You know, I listen into with you guys all the time. So, um, but I went to school at Delaware Valley, right over. Order. Yep. Right right there. That's right. Mm -hmm. And um, went to school, East Stroudsburg, played uh, a little football at Lackawanna College to begin, and then transferred to East Stroudsburg, where I got my degree in phys ed, health, exercise physiology. 
Um, but I knew I wanted to come back to New York eventually. So I went, took my test, came back and just kind of stepped foot in port. You know, I like the community, the way they come together. Um, you know, I ended up meeting my wife there in Port Jervis. So I was always right there in the mix and I just wanted to be in there. Do, so, you, do you work at Port School? Yes. You do? I'm in the high school. You're in the high school. And um, Port Jervis, you know, it's a small town. And when I remember when my kid would play at Port Jervis, you'd say, where did all these people come from? But they love their football there. Oh, and yeah. I, I assume, were you on the staff before you became head coach or you, right away they named you head coach? No, I've been working there, um, just started subbing in 2010. And at the time, uh, Matt Planis was the head coach. Mm -hmm. So after about a year, we got talking. He's like, oh, you know a little bit about football? I was like, yeah. He's like, oh, why don't you come in, volunteer? So I actually started with the modified, mm -hmm. you know, years ago. So you ago. coach these kids yeah. for a long time. Yeah. So modified coming up. Uh, assistant on varsity, but then you know he was like, "All right, I want you to take the JV head coach four years ago." So I was like, "Yeah, let's do that." So I did that for two years, and then uh, you know Matt decided he wanted to resign. He moved down to Florida, mm -hmm. and that's when I was like, "All right, let me put in my name in the hat and go for the head position." That's when I got it. Terrific! And you've been there for two years. This is your as, second as, as the head? head coach, correct? So last year you lose, correct me if I'm wrong, seven, six in the final four. Yes. And this year you're the heavy favorite to win class B again. And unfortunately, no state tournament. Has it been tough keeping, obviously it might've been tough, but the kids have bought in. Has it, do you sense any dismay from the kids, no state tournament? You know, can you shed some light on that? Very little. Um, to my surprise, I really thought that they're going to be down that there's no state title that, you know, they could really be the team to do so. But I think they're just excited and happy to have an opportunity just to get out there and play games. You know, any chance they can, they can, we are, you know, it was a eight week schedule and because of COVID we're missing games, you know, um, I think we're going to end up with six games this year, but that's better than nothing. You know, when we got and no losses, yeah, no losses. But when before the season, preseason, you know, shout out to Mr. Mike Rydell, the superintendent, giving us the green light to get out there, you know, follow protocol, do the right things. We get in the weight room, uh, get out in the field and just kind of prepared us for the season. And then come August, they're like, all right, we're on a two week pause. And then became, all right, never mind. It might be in the spring. So it was always like trying to keep those guys, you know, motivated somehow but once we got the green light we were ready to roll i think what helped is maybe because the season is so condensed you were able to hold that attention a little better because you know you could see the, some teams were playing like three games but you know they were playing a saturday tuesday saturday kind of thing so and in the from what i can remember usually the first two weeks there's no hitting you're in pads and shorts and then or helmets and shorts and then pads and shorts and then the third week 10 days in, you're already playing. You know, you're already playing. Game so one, without a scrimmage. Is, you, you know? know? Yeah, no camp for champions, none of that. Right, nothing. And yeah. just to take it a little farther, my, my daughter was uh, is the JV girls' basketball coach in Cornwall. And they played they played three games, and it was like a wound up like a three-and-a-half-week season. But she said that at the end, it felt like a whole year between taking their temperature, do, doing all the things with protocol, four girls in a basket, this kind of thing. She said it was exhausting. I, do you feel the same way? Or oh, no? absolutely. Yeah, yeah. You're, you're just you want to make sure that you're doing everything the right way. Yeah. That there's yeah. there's no reason for them to shut it down. So, 
you know, you take a temperatures, you're doing the, the check mark. Have you had everything. COVID issues at Port Jervis or you've been able to, is, we, uh, we've been able to, yeah. Good. You know, luckily, so you're doing the right thing. Yeah. yeah we've been and, able. and I'm sure you're waiting for the shoe, the other shoe to fall all the time. Oh, you know, once yeah, when, it hit, you know, once yeah, it hit us, yeah. you know, because Port Jervis had to stop in basketball, right? Then they had to pause out. They had to pause there. Yeah. They had a very short season, yeah. unfortunately. You know, they I'm only saying. played a couple games, and that was it. That that's Terrible. tough to coach. Yeah. That's tough to coach that way. I mean, it's tough to even play that way. Yeah. But it's I know really we've, we've been in yeah. school, you yeah. know, um, yeah. ever since September. You know, the kids been coming in. We've been yeah. slowly bringing them back, bringing mm-hmm. them back yeah. more and more. So we have we're going four days right now. Yeah. 100% kids that want to be, you know, if they want to stay remote, they can. So, I mean, the school's going on and I'm just waiting for it. But luckily, I'm sure Sunday, the knot on the back of your neck is going to loosen. Yeah, that's exactly. That's, that's for sure. <laughs> yeah. Let's go over a little bit of your season. Um, Port Jervis, uh, listen, you open up the season. You have, you know, you have a good team. And I, before I get to that, I want to give you, I got to tell you one thing. I Dave Hoobler, the Orange County District Attorney, is a very good friend of mine, by the way. Great district attorney. Yeah. Um, David said to me, I said, what do you think of the season? Because he's really into, fo- in, into football. His son Jackson played at Burke. Heath played at Burke. He, but he's into all the teams. He knows everything's going on. He said, I got to tell you, Darren, Port Jervis could have the best team Port Jervis ever had. So, I, you know, I don't know if that's true, but he was spot on with Port Jervis as the best team in the, in the area. And so you open up the season against Cornwall, which doesn't lose. And they don't lose the Class B teams. They do not lose games. Uh, they run an unbelievable program. And we're sitting here talking about Port Jervis, Cornwall. We're excited. The season's going to open up. And Cornwall win. It's, it just goes without saying Cornwall win that game. Not only you win, you win a very tight game. And Cornwall doesn't lose tight games, let alone lose. You beat them 7-6. So your season is off to a flying start. Take us through that. You only had five games up until now. And we'll get to the Erie Bell game. Yeah. Um, like you guys said, it was very quick. Like Dick mentioned before, it was – Couple days of helmets, yeah. then pads, yeah. and then we're out there on a Saturday yeah. going, you know, first day of tackle, yeah. you know, day six. And uh, we were supposed to have a game and with Burke actually at the time, but because they got hit with the COVID bug, mm-hmm. they were on pause, they didn't have enough, so they were wanting to scrimmage. So, again, I'll do anything, you know, just get these guys on the field mm-hmm. as much as possible. Well, turn of events with Walk Hill and Cornwall, they're like, Let's mix it around. How about Port Cornwall? I'm like, absolutely. Let's get let's get this going. You know, like this is a this is a big great statement. Yeah. Test at the beginning yeah. of the season. We'll find yeah. out how good we are, right? Correct. Yeah. You know, and I know from the following season with that seven six or I'm sorry, the uh, seven seven eight loss to Skylerville mm-hmm. in the semifinals, the boys had a chip on their shoulder. Mm-hmm. You know that we were much better. You know, we had a bad game, but hey, you know that's what happens. So. We wanted to come out and really show what we were made of this year. And we came out and I said, Cornwall's good. You know, even though they had, you know, lost in Woods and Simo, mm-hmm. Coach um, Ryan Baldock, great coach, great staff over there. They're very well disciplined. I said, they're going to be good. And, man, I mean, that was a game. So not only do you find you, – you go into the season thinking you're good. You play game one, and after the game, when you're, you know, home having that Bud Light, you say, mm-hmm. we're very good. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, you know, the season goes on. You really don't have a tough game – until the Erie Bell game. Now, I spoke to Aaron Hasbrook after you beat uh, Burke. And he said, you know, every coach says the same thing. And I, Aaron, I take it as, his word as gospel. He says, we played pretty well. We we're a little beat up and, you know, in the second half. But I got to tell you, I'm surprised. Port, I don't know if he said surprised. Port Jervis is real good. Well, They I, are real good. They're solid. 
They put a lot of pressure on you constantly. They're real good. So I start looking at Port Jervis and, you know, like the rest of the county, we got to look at this Red Raider team. Yeah. You know, I mean, we've been, like I said, we've been working. Um, my All my assistant coaches do an amazing job. They come out and, you know, Coach uh, Chris Delato, he actually runs the offense. You know, I kind of want to step back and let him take the reins on that. And he does an amazing job. Uh, also, Carol runs the old line. So we just knew where we had to fill those spots and just make sure they were solidified. Those guys go out there, they get the job done. And, you know, we've been clicking, you know, every, all the time we get out there. I was call, calling him at the end of each quarter of the game. And I was looking at it from a coaching standpoint. I said, look how these two teams got out there banging heads on each other. But you could see like there was like 10 kids on the kickoff team, kids running on the field, you know, all of the, all of the technical things that you got ironed out now. You could see what was happening because there was no real preseason there. You right. know, it was very, yeah. you know, there was just uh, a bunch of offsides things or uh, just things that you normally wouldn't see from either of those teams you see. But you played through that. And that that, that was uh, that, at the end of the game. I said, I said, I thought the best team won that day. You yeah. know, I just thought, thought it that way. But from a coaching aspect, you can see kid running on late on the kickoff. This guy, you know, just silly things, silly things. 845-313-0165. When we get back, we're going to talk to uh, Damian more about his Port Jervis team. He'll take us through, you know, not each player, but we'll talk about some of the players on your team. And we'll go from there and get into the Erie Bell game and finish Section 9. We'll be right back. Damien Straharski has been nice enough to join us. Why wouldn't he be? His team is 5-0. and They uh, just won the Erie Bell game. And Damien, let's talk a little bit about your team, and we'll get to the Erie Bell game. Sure. Um, your quarterback. Let's start there. Is it a quarterback that um, wins games for you or stays within the offense and we try just to limit mistakes? Not, you know, not that it's a knock. Is he a running quarterback or a passing quarterback is more or less what I'm asking. He's definitely um, he can do one. it all. He is. He can do it all. You know, um, he hasn't really shown his speed. He doesn't really have to at this point. So he is a very good leader. I saw it. What's it? Brett Fuller? Brett Fuller. Yep. He's one of the passing leaders in the uh, state, I think I saw, like yes. seventh or something. Yep. So he does air it out a little oh, bit. Oh, yeah, he does. Um, great. Re he can read a field really well. You know, so. Senior? No, junior. Okay. So you're not. So, a, let's talk about. Are you a senior laden team or are you a young team? Senior, so we're going to lose a lot of guys after this okay. year, but we still have a lot of talent coming back, so we're going to be okay. Good JV program? Yeah. Yep. So, so. You know, I got to tell you, Section 9, and they, people make comments like that, it's always better when Port Jervis is good. College basketball is always good when UCLA is good, whether you yeah. root for them yeah. or not. Right. It's yeah. just a better – when the Erie Bell is a game – like last year, yeah. you got you got whacked. You got, oh, yeah. But it's a better game. It's a better section when all the teams are good. And you don't. We don't root against any team. We don't really root for any yeah. team. It's just it's fun to cover a game when it's competitive. Right. So tell and, us, and that's pretty much the truth is what he's saying. Football is better when Port Jervis is good. Yeah. It would be a lot better because Kingston historically, is, you know, they've been on the ropes lately. That's but true. Yeah. Back in they were right there. They were good. They were, they were they, good. I mean, they were better than good. Yeah. They were better than good and. And that would make the double A's that much better, that you know, with sure. figuring that in there. But like I said, when 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 historically good programs are good, every sport is better yeah. because of that, in my opinion. Well, yeah. Like you said, to have uh, to be competitive across the board right. is where you want to see everyone. Yeah. You know what I mean? You yeah. don't want to see someone way down. You right. know, it's, it's you're going to see teams that are way up there, yeah. but everyone you kind of want to yeah. see just compete at a yeah. good level. You yeah. know, and then. 
I've noticed this when I started when I was a volunteer um, years ago and following section nine, I'm getting used to all the New York teams and trying to piece it all together. And uh, it, it was kind of cool to watch. And then all of a sudden section nine would go see section one. You didn't care who it was. You were, you were, you were cheering on the yeah. section nine team, whoever it was. Oh, we always say here, my favorite team at the end of the season, my favorite team is now Newburgh. My favorite team is That's now Cornwall. Yeah. My yeah. favorite team is yeah. Port Whoever Jervis. it is. That's yeah. right. Yeah. And, and I'll tell you, and back to Port Jervis should be good. And it's better when they are is because even when you guys were losing, had losing seasons, we would go there, we would win, but there'd be, there'd be a ton of people there. The, the, it, it wasn't your, your uh, attendance wasn't based on how good your team was. They love their football there. Brett Fuller's your quarterback. Tell me about some other guys on the team. Oh man, where do I start? I mean, we really have a, a good group of kids right now. It's, we have one of those years um, right now that we can have, a starter at every single position. No, we really do. So right now we have 22 guys that I could talk that, about and go through. Yeah, that's you know? that's incredible. That yeah, a class. And it is pretty incredible because I I didn't put my foot in my mouth, but I was against a B school and the rivalry going up not one but two classes. I mean, Middletown is a city. Port Jervis is a hamlet, basically. <laughs> and you're going. It's the same thing I argued about with Goshen and Warwick years ago. Right. But the argument I made really has no basis right now because the game, you know, I was looking at the Erieville and they're either tight or blowouts. There's there's very few 31-17 games. Right. It's either Port Jervis wins by 100, Middletown wins by 100, or you have a very tight game. So you really can't complain about the going up two classes. But you guys played five games so far. Mm -hmm. You have a win over a double A a team that's in the championship game and is going to be a favorite to win double A. You have a win over a single A school, not only a single A school, but a team that's going to, that hasn't lost in forever. The defending state champion. So Port Jervis is not only in the, con they're, they're in the conversation right. as one of the best teams around here. Mm -hmm. um, and again, going you, back to your question though, it, it, it really comes down to all the guys, you know, like mm -hmm. we have such special players at every position. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. it, I can't just sit there and pick one and say, ah, he's our, he's our go-to guy. Right. You know, I mean, it, I'm starting to realize this. It's really coming down to the line, you know, to give Brett time to throw, to give Kobe Elston time to run, yeah. you know, give our yeah. receivers. You have a kid on space. your team. I asked about the Erie Bell game. I asked a, someone who's was at the game, who's mm -hmm. on the sidelines. And I said, wow, Port Jervis is pretty good. He said, oh, we should have beat him. I, he said, but they pressured us all game. And the most valuable player on the field that day was number 70, Featherstone. Featherstone. Tell me about him. Oh, my God. They, they, this came from someone on the opposing side yeah. who said, Darren, this kid dominated the game. This kid was unbelievable defensively. Tell me about him. Tyson is, I mean – He's just so likable. He, he, you walk in and he is just, he fills the room with character. Defensive lineman? What is it? What is it? Offensive line, defensive oh, okay, line. Okay. How many guys but, you got going go both ways? I would actually say probably both ways. Tyshawn and Nick. No, so just that, two. That's okay. it. Right, and they're okay. both on the line. Yeah, for being a B school, yeah. and that's yeah. what I was saying before. Like, we have so many yeah. guys. Like, okay. I didn't, we okay. really try to limit yeah. them, you know, try to save their sure. legs and their energy. Sure. And, sure. So I can do it at this point. Yeah. If I can't, then I will like Tyshawn. Like he is such such mm -hmm. a presence. Yeah. Like both sides of the ball, mm -hmm. we have to use. I him. was told dominated the game. Dominated. Yeah. I mean, he like I said, he senior? walks into a room. No. Uh yeah, sorry, senior. Yeah. Um, I coached no, him as I'm a sorry. freshman. <laughs> no, I, yeah, I'm, I'm sorry. How big is he? 
He's uh, 6'3", 240. Oh, oh, he's a good size. Okay. But athletic. Oh, like, oh, you wouldn't believe. Okay. I mean, I'm a phys ed teacher, so I have him in, in a phys ed class, and he'll sit there and he'll whip it up on volleyball. We play basketball. He dominates. I mean, just the simplest thing. He's just athletic. Good baseball player right here. Very good. He's actually going to college to play baseball. Where are you going to school? Oswego. Okay. Um, but he came out as a freshman. He, he dominated, but I think he wanted to really lean more towards baseball, so he took off his sophomore year. And when I came back as head coach, you he pleaded. pleaded. You pleaded. No, he actually came up. I, I kept on him, you know, because Tyshawn's likable. You know what I mean? And uh, if you don't know him and he walks in here, you're scared. He's just that time for a 17-year-old kid. You're scared. You're like, that is a big boy. He's got tats all over. You know, he just has that presence. But very quiet, very humble. Dick and I have tats all over. Yeah. Yeah, I see that. Yeah, loaded with them. But just likable. You know what I mean? But then you get him on the field, and it's just that click, and he he could change a game, and he has for us. And we really saw that last year uh, against Ardsley. You know, when we went up there for the regional game, we put him over the center and just disrupted their game. And I really think that's what won it for us. And we've just been using him. And uh, he's a force. He really is. Now, the Erie Bell game, you didn't have the, because of COVID, you didn't have the, you know, 6,000 people watching and, you know, 5,000 people outside the stadium cheering one way or the other. Um, the kids performed unbelievable. Seven, six, you're down at the half. Or, I'm sorry, at the half, you're up with the final, 14-7. So it. the second half had to be unbelievable defensive play by both teams. Yeah. Oh, I, listen, you guys see me. I have white hair, but I definitely had more white hair after mm -hmm. that game because mm -hmm. any time – and Coach Denfell is great, you know. Um, great guy. An, great coach. Great, great guy. Great coach. And he's really helped that team, I think, as well over the last few years come together and really bond them. And uh, he's done a great job. So my hat's off to him. But – um. We went out there, and at any point, you know Middletown can just make a Oh, they could break a play. Yeah. They could break yeah. a play. Mm -hmm. All it takes point, is one mistake. That's it. You know, so I put in a defensive game plan and just to scheme it up to take out their best guys, and we kind of just did that. Mm -hmm. We're like, all right, listen. This and is you what kept up the pressure the entire time. The entire time, yeah. you know. Their yeah, they said it was a hornet's nest. What's that? They said Port Jarvis was a hornet's nest. Yeah. yeah. Their best case guys ain't beating us tonight. They're, right. Uh, somebody else is going to beat us, but not him. He's not beating us. Right. Yeah. yeah. So, All right. So now you have Marlboro and, you know, Port Jervis, Marlboro Burke has all been a rivalry the last yeah. few years. And listen, you played Marlboro in week three, I think. And it wasn't really a contest. Obviously, you can't. And it is tough to beat a team twice. But you thoroughly dominated that game. Uh, as a, someone from the outside looking in, I would say, coach, what are you going to do differently? I would say the answer is nothing. But I'm sure you have some type of scheme lined up. I'm sure you've scouted the hell out of Marlboro. I'm sure they're improved since you played them. But you have Marlboro this week, Saturday, 1 o'clock, in port. What are your thoughts on the upcoming game? I think it's going to change, to be honest. I, I know um, Coach Beck, they came off a COVID pause at the time, so they, they were down 10 days without practicing. Mm. So they came out a little rusty. Um, and I just think that they were even missing some guys. So – I think they said they had three starters that didn't play. Okay. That could change a game. Mm -hmm. sure. You know what I mean? So I'm sure they've been preparing and getting ready, and they're going to show us a different look. So my idea to the team is we're not going to come out and play the same way. We're going to come out, play a little differently, you know, but 
we got to keep up the intensity and just keep it going and go after them. And you know they have a lot of pride. That ass whipping they took, they're not more happy about it. Correct. Yeah, yeah, and I said they're gonna they're yeah. gonna try to ruin our yeah. season. Yeah. You know, and I would I would too. You're the hunter. Oh yeah. Yeah. That so, would have been a theme. That would have been everywhere they looked. It would have been yeah. some kind of memory of that. Yeah, absolutely. Thing. So yeah. if you pause for one second, yeah. they're going to take advantage of it. So we, we can't do that. So we're going to come out with a game plan, and you know we're going to try to execute as best as possible and really finish off the season. Tell me a little bit about Ryan Costello. We had him on last week. Um, every coach has told me, defensively, an animal. He's fantastic on the field. Yeah. He's, he's been one of those guys that really has been working. Very nice kid. Yeah. Um, but he's been working hard. For the last few years, you know, just trying to really perfect his and master his skills. Um, he's all over the place. You know, you watch him in practice. He's jumping all over. He's ragging. He's blitzing. He's covering. He's just trying to be as disruptive as possibly he's as he could be on the field, which is great defensively. You know, so he's all over. He's got a ton of passion, a uh, ton of energy, and he's always ready to bring it. He's taking his uh, skills over to pace. Mm-hmm. you know, next year. So hopefully he should have a good career over there. But great kid, you know, very well spoken. Get along with him. Great family. So great kid. Let me ask you a question. You, I asked you about uh, Featherstone right away. Uh, Owego, um, Costello, um, Pace. Um, how involved are you as a head coach? And uh, I would imagine all you coaches do this, but in seeking a college education for your players and giving tape. Do you, is there a certain amount of time during the day where you'll, you'll speak to D D two, D three, D one schools and say, this is your guy. What, what, what's an, is that another part of the job that is, you know, I know you coaches get paid 10 cents an hour. I get that. But every football coach I've ever seen is always involved in everything. And I always tell the story about when my kid got hurt and, and nothing to do with football. And we got to the hospital and it wasn't even football season his teammates and the coach was there waiting, you know, it's such a family football. How involved are you in stuff like that? Try to be as involved as I possibly can. You know, when I first went out for the job, I already being in the office with coach Blanis at the time, I saw what he was doing, what was going on. So when that opened up, I had to get the green light from my wife. I'm like, Hey, listen, here's something that's going to open. I said, but it's a lot more. It's year round. It never oh, really stops. Yeah. Football's a different animal. It, it really is, especially from the head position. Especially yeah. you got Kevin Gallagher at Minnesink. Yeah. And off the top of my head, I, I'm sure there's other coaches, but Kevin has a great football team and a state champion wrestling team. Kevin, yeah. I don't see how he has 10 cents. Yeah, uh, 10 cents. At 10 the same seconds time. Right. right. At, at the same time. time now. Yeah. Yeah. Year. At the same time. So, yeah. you know, I, I'm sure it's a, you know, it's got to be something you have to love to yeah. do. And if you don't love it, you shouldn't be doing it. Oh yeah, you know, you know. I'm sure every coach out there that's listening, you know, can can agree and attest that it's a lot more than what people see. You know, that mm-hmm. door is closed. The coaches they're on the phone with schools. You're making emails. You're sending out film. You you're just trying to do the best you can. End of the day, it's a game. You know, what we're trying to provide for these kids is a future. You know, mm-hmm. so that is really what we're trying to do. Like you can play a game that's great. We've all played before. It's awesome, but eventually it ends. You know, what we have to do and make them succeed in life is really the the biggest outcome. You know, so. Us trying to get these kids in school. If they want to play, that's great, you know. But I have guys that are going. They have no. They don't want to play. They just want to go to school, and I'll try to even help them with that. It doesn't sure. matter. You know, people. People can't see what we're doing here today, but they can listen. And if they saw your face and see how excited you are about this whole thing, there would be. Uh, and I could see how excited you are to do this. It's. Uh, it's wearing, but. Uh, <laughs> it is. But it's. 
in the end, you're going to find out it's it's worth it. The things that you're going to get back from this, you have no idea yet. Oh yeah. And and, you, and, you, and down the road, it's uh, and I can see the excitement in your face, and I appreciate that. Yeah. yeah. But we all we all been there where we all had coaches yeah. that made an impact in our sure. lives. You know, and you they really didn't make an impact. That. He wasn't a good coach, or you didn't go, or you didn't care. Correct. Yeah. You know, so you try you want to be that coach. Or I want to be that coach. Mm-hmm. You know, for these kids, so yeah. in a few years they can look back and call me up and say, "Hey, man, you know, I got this going on. Right. You know, this, this, and yeah. you know, start a family, and they're looking just, for a job, and I'm there to help them." Just you a know. simple thank you. Yeah. And yeah. 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 yeah, yeah. You know what? When it's funny when you look around section nine, and I, I don't, I, I could say this because I went to school there. The teams that don't have that are not good year in and year out. Um, they don't have the community. I think community is so important for building a program. The pep rallies, the bonfires, the cheerleaders, the rah-rah part of the game. And, you know, I, I went to Monticello. And it. I really get upset when we went to Monticello to play and you'd have eight people in attendance. Because the kids need something to play for as well. And you're not going to go out for a team that nobody cares about. You want to go and play in front of a crowd. And that's why it's good that even in the COVID season, they allowed some people in. Now, Saturday when you play at 1 o'clock, what are the COVID rules? Can anybody go to the game? No, we're still we're still following the two spectators per athlete okay. rule. And the opponent, so Marlboro can then bring their two as well. So, again, you know, Mike Rydell mm-hmm. um, really got that going. And he's like, listen, why not? We're outside. Let's right. let's bring in spectators because it is important mm-hmm. to the kids. It's mm-hmm. important to the community. Mm-hmm. Um, like you were saying before, I think Port Jervis has one of the best communities. Like as far as getting things together and you know doing the the bonfires and they already did like a little parade and mm-hmm. they just get it together. You go through Port, all you see is signs and flags. And uh, you should you know, run for mayor. Right oh, I'm good. <laughs> <laughs> hey, Kelly Decker's doing a great well, job. That, I'm not that, taking that, that from him. That gets back to where we said. When Port Jervis is good, football is better. You know, yeah. just uh, just for those things you're saying, just for those things you said for years, they weren't. They were all hanging down in that one end zone, just grousing is what right. they were. So, but it has such a, a rich yeah. culture. Oh, it does. You know what I mean? You does. talk yeah. about yeah. Um, a couple of these guys, Wilkerson, Vicarello, yeah. uh, guys that are playing right now that not only did their father, but their grandfather and great-grandfather all played right. Under the right. same, well, I shouldn't say yeah. the same life, but on yeah. the same field, right. you know, yeah. back in like 1920-something, yeah. you know, so it's, it's, it's incredible. It's incredible, yeah. absolutely. 845-313-0165. Damien, you're here. If you want to stick around, we have pizza from Napoli's Pizzeria right here. Uh, they delivered. They sponsored the show. 845-355-6161. They're at 2920 Route 6, uh, Slate Hill, New York. And... Uh, some of the best pizza around. They're very nice to us. They're great with us. They bring pizza every week. Wings, Italian restaurant. If you want to stick around and have a slice, we're going to talk some NFL and some national sports when we get back.